Today, Glenda Lee Allen Wasser catches up with the president of APAS, Todd Lewis, to talk about seating progress and Bill C-208. Well, in our area south of Virginia here, really everybody's had a pretty good run, and uh, we'll, we, we've uh, finished up on the weekend here. And, and uh, so really in our area, you know, it would be fully two-thirds to, you know, 100% in some cases. And, and uh, you know, really I think across the entire province it's uh, – probably 50% to two thirds done in total. And uh, so, I mean, when you get a run like this, uh, a lot of acres go in every day and the percentages go up. And uh, I think, you know, we had cer- certainly haven't had any rain to stop us. So uh, producers have been taking advantage of the, of the good weather and getting their crops in. A nice slow soaker over a few days would be perfect. That's what everybody's hoping for, but uh, I think any any black cloud that drops up will be welcome. <laughs> That's right. Todd, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you today is the fact that we saw Bill 208, a private member's bill, pass third reading in Parliament last week. Talk to us a little bit about this bill. Maybe set the stage for people so they understand what the bill's about and why it's so important. Well, it's it's uh, to do with farm uh, secession planning and and uh, when uh, a producer, an active producer, wants to exit the industry, uh, there's been a wrinkle in the uh, tax act that uh, really treats uh, family members differently than at arm at arm's length. Uh, people so in a situation where a father wanted to uh, sell his or sell his operation to a, a son or daughter uh, there is different tax implications and more difficult tax implications for the family member than that would be if they sold it to a stranger so uh, it's not something that uh, comes up you know what's once in a lifetime certainly for for uh, for, for an individual and and it's not for every it doesn't happen to every farmer I mean quite often it's passed along uh, other ways. So so it's just one of those situations where uh, we've been working on this for a long time, really, uh, you know, back at, uh, you know, at the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. I mean, uh, this has been a lobby that's been really going on for, well, I mean, 10 years or more. And uh, so, you know, it's been uh, something that we've been close to before uh, getting the change, but uh, due to elections or getting it dropped or, as things happen, you know, in the parliamentary system. But, uh, you know, with this minority parliament, uh, you know, Mr. McGuire in Manitoba has been able to get this through. And uh, congratulations to him and to all members of parliament that uh, got this looked after finally and changed this regulation. It really, really levels the playing field, you know, between families and non, you know, non, non-family members as far as being able to uh, purchase a farm and, and pass that land on to the next generation. Bill C-208 now moves to the Senate. Yes, and we're just hoping that, uh, of course, at the Senate, uh, they'll they'll uh, pass it in due order and uh, we'll get it signed into law. I've been talking with Todd Lewis. Todd is a president of APAS, the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Vossler. Thanks, Glenda Lee. Joining us now is John Gavlowski, entomologist with Manitoba Agriculture, to talk about the recent crop pest update. So we mentioned a couple insects in the report, one being flea beetles, the other being cutworms. Both are starting to show themselves. Uh, with the cutworms, it's mainly 
the dingy cutworm that people would notice right now. They're a species that overwinters as a partially grown larva. So uh, if you're poking around in the soil, you might start seeing some of those. I haven't had any reports of big populations, but some people are noticing some of them. Now, the other thing that is out is the flea beetles. There's an earlier emerging species called the striped flea beetle. It's the earlier emerging of our two problem species in canola. They're definitely out. Um, in some areas, there's significant numbers out. So anybody who's got canola starting to come out of the ground, starting to emerge, it's a good thing to monitor for flea beetles and other early season insects. What about um, army worms? Is that something to watch for? Yes, and when we talk about army worms, we're not talking in this case about Bertha army worm that eats canola and flax and some broadleaf crops. We're talking about an insect called army worm, or some people call it true army worm or cereal army worm. They prefer cereal crops, and any, any kind of grassy crop is their preferred host. So perennial forage grasses, cereal crops. Now, they migrate in, these army worms. They, they don't overwinter here. And we do have some pheromone beta traps set up, and we're trying to determine when they migrate in and in what numbers, or if they migrate in, I should say. Uh, some years we barely see them. Other years they'll show up uh, often it's June in significant numbers. So we're trying to determine if they do show up and in what numbers. Diamondback moth, I guess, talk a little bit about the, the forecast there. Yeah, so we've got about um, oh, 80 or 90 traps set up across the province, and these are uh, traps with a sticky insert. And what we're trying to do with these traps is determine, have diamondback moth blown into Manitoba? Because once again, they don't overwinter well in Manitoba. Primarily, they blow in, and if we get a problem, it's going to be because we've had significant populations blowing from the south. So we put up these traps early, and we're trying to determine um, when they blow in and what numbers. So we've had the traps up since late April, early May. We've caught one moth in total in the province so far, uh, that in a trap near Austin. So right now, nothing significant to report. So uh, everything's looking good right now as far as diamondback and, and armyworm goes. But that can change, so keep posted. And what about uh, grasshoppers? Now, grasshoppers, I have had people comment that they're seeing grasshoppers already, which actually isn't surprising. All our, all our pest species overwinter as eggs, and you won't see them until at least another couple weeks. They usually start emerging in late May, early June. There's a few non-pest species that overwinter as partially grown nymphs, so you'll see them early in the spring. Often you'll see them in pasture lands or sometimes field edges. There's also a species called the pasture grasshopper that overwinters as eggs, but it hatches really early. But it's never in significant numbers, and we don't really consider that one a pest species. So uh, any grasshoppers you're seeing now are not going to be species that will do significant damage to any crops. The potential pest species will start hatching out at the very end of May or beginning of June. Any other insects to watch for, or...? Uh, no, the only other thing we discussed in the update was uh, date of seeding in canola. 
and how that might affect flea beetle risk. And uh, a key message there is anything you can do to get your crop from the day you seed until the three to four leaf stage within three to four weeks is going to reduce your risk of flea beetle feeding. So seeding into conditions that uh, result in quick germination and a good early growth will help reduce that risk. That was John Gawoski, entomologist with Manitoba Agriculture. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network.